Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook. Here on The Fan, I want to welcome in Jeremiah Johnson. Pacers sidelines over there at Bally Sports. Uh, Jeremiah, good afternoon to you, buddy. Um, we were just talking trash about this new NBA Cup, the in-season tournament. We are just poo-pooing it left and right. Do you, uh, are, are you a little bit more optimistic, a little more upbeat about this thing than Jimmy and I are? Well, I'm not like throwing a parade about the idea, but I'm not a kicking it right away to the curb. I mean, think about November and December. Uh, much of the discussion probably on these airwaves might be about football, and I think the NBA is looking for something to get a little of the attention. And I think those early weeks of December, once college football kind of winds down a little bit, you're looking for something to be interested in. And, and I think if it spices up some of those November and December games, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I don't think it'll replace the – the NBA champion, if you win the cup, I don't think they're going to necessarily put that on the top line of your resume. But I think it'll be fun to watch, and I see no reason why you wouldn't try it. But you guys are grumpy old men, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We're very grumpy. I was just thinking, and I hear you. Trust me, Jeremiah. I hear you on that. But it's almost like if football is like a, a beautiful girl, right? Like that's getting the attention. And so let's say there's another girl and she wants attention and she's like, you know, I'm going to wear new socks. You know, like that's not going to get the attention of anybody. That's what I think this tournament is. Well, we have a little saying when we're doing our pregame show that we can't show standings until after Christmas. Well, this gives us something to talk about because if you're playing that Tuesday night game against Detroit, then you have a, a reason to show the cup standings. And if you lose twice, you're pretty much out, right? I mean, it, so it does add some, some importance. And I, I heard some people um, being negative about the amount of money that was at stake and saying that those guys, you know, they make so much money, 500000 isn't a big deal. I don't know. I mean, maybe the top one or two paid players on each team, but I, I still think $500,000 <laughs> is a lot of money. And I think that uh, it, we've seen this week – there are a lot of guys that are out in Las Vegas that aren't playing games, but they found a reason to want to get out there. So I, I think a lot of people would enjoy uh, a Final Four atmosphere in Las Vegas in, in early December. And, you know, I, I'm willing to see how it goes. I'm willing to give it a chance. I ask that you guys do the same. JJ, how weird is the process going to be for teams that – miss out on the knockout rounds and are eliminated in group play, knowing that in a couple of weeks they're going to get an 80-game schedule, but then there's going to be two games that aren't listed there because if you don't make the knockout rounds, you're going to make up those games via the other teams that aren't in the knockout rounds of the NBA Cup. How, how weird is that going to be from your perspective and both from the team standpoint with that just unique aspect of two games missing from the schedule? Yeah, Jimmy, I think with the old phrase we would use in August is Larry Bird never cared about schedule release day because <laughs> you'd say there's 82 games, you play 41 at home and 41 on the road. Well, actually, this year it's not going to be the case. Um, and I don't know the answer to the question. That wasn't really a big part of the pomp and circumstance of the, of the announcement of this event last week that they had in Las Vegas. So it will be a little bit of a to-be-determined, and um, the schedule will have to see what happens for everyone that's not playing in Las Vegas that first weekend of December. So uh, I'm not sure that I know the answer to the question just yet, but I am really interested to see how it all breaks down when they do release that schedule in August and, and just kind of to see who goes where and, and which of those games are the, the cup games and then um, how it affects the rest of the schedule. How about the the games going on in Vegas right now in the Summer League, Jeremiah? Is there anything that you take away from what you've seen from the Pacers that could apply to the regular season? Well, I, you want to see guys, first and foremost, that have played a full NBA season go to Las Vegas and look like they're head and shoulders above the rookies and the guys that are trying to make the league. And I think we saw opening night for the Pacers. We saw Benedict Mather and we saw Andrew Nembhard, guys that really stood out. They looked like they were NBA players and the other guys were trying to be like them. And that's basically what you want. Now, 
could there be a little bit more well-roundedness to Benedict Matherin's game? We know he can score. I'd like to see a little bit more playmaking. We'll see if that can happen tonight. I don't know that he'll play uh, much more after tonight, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does. But Isaiah Jackson, I'll throw him in to the mix as well as one of those guys that you want to see look like a vet out there against some of the rookies. Uh, but Jairus Walker, to me, even though the, the field goal percentage wasn't uh, as good as you'd, you maybe would hope for, let's not nitpick that and let's look at the all-around game. And I think from day one, whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, I think that'll be up to the coaching staff. I think he'll be a contributor. And that's what you also want from a, a, someone that you drafted in the top ten of the lottery. And, you know, whether he's someone that you can count on down the stretch, late in games, you'll get those opportunities in summer league, and then we'll see what, how he how he fares with those. But uh, the big takeaways would be the obvious ones, that the, the veterans look like they stood out, and then the rookies look like they belong. I'd like to see maybe a little bit more opportunity for Ben Shepard. He got a lot of playing time, but a lot of times it felt like he was in the corner just kind of waiting. Uh, not, not trying to do too much, not trying to fit in, I think is what he probably did best, but I'd like to see him get a little more opportunity tonight and the rest of the week. JJ, how beneficial is this whole stretch of 10 days for guys on two-way deals or close to that area? A guy like Oscar Shibway, for instance. I mean, from what we've seen from him, both the college ranks and a little bit here in Summer League and why the reason the Pacers liked him as as an undrafted signing is he's a rebounding machine. What type of opportunity is present for a guy like Shibway? It's a big opportunity, but he already has that contract. So I think one thing you have to be careful is not to – put too much pressure on any one game in Las Vegas or even in this you know, one- or two-week period of time because he's going to be with the Pacers going into training camp. He's going to get those opportunities to play against guys like Miles Turner and, let's say, Daniel Tice and Jalen Smith. He's going to play against those guys in practice. So just try to make a positive first step with the organization in summer league and continue to do what you do best. He, as you noted, is an outstanding rebounder continue to do that, and then work on the other facets of the game that maybe were one of the reasons that uh, the Pacers got him undrafted and that he did not you know, get picked in the first or the second round. I'm sure he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder still. I think, personally, I mentioned battles in practice in October and, and September. Seeing Shibway and Jairus Walker go at each other, that's going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, I think those are two guys that will increase the – toughness, the tenacity, the rebounding ability of a team that has lacked in that area for, let's be honest, a number of years. So continue to to do the best you can at, at getting every loose ball, every rebound, and then see how things go. But it is a great opportunity. I just don't think any one game you can't – like if he has a bad game tonight, fans shouldn't say, well, see, he's he's no good. And that's what I think the summer league. You'll see guys like – Wembenyama. I mean, the first game, his stat line wasn't too good. Second game, he improved. And that's what you'll see a lot over the course of the week here in Las Vegas. He's Jeremiah Johnson, Pacers sidelines at Bally Sports. Do you ever disagree, or at least are you surprised that some second-year players are playing summer league games? Or maybe it's just the load management day and age, Jeremiah, where... I look at a guy like Ben Matherin where he averaged 28 and a half minutes per night over 78 games. And I'm not saying I flat out disagree with him being out there, but are are you ever just sort of like, man, not even a Pacers thing. You're like, oh, wow, that guy's playing in the summer league. Do you ever have that takeaway? I was a little surprised. And then you add in Andrew Nemhard and the number of games that he started as well. And you thought those were two guys that had shown what they could do at the NBA level. And maybe you could say they don't have – as much to gain, maybe more to lose from an injury perspective in summer league. But I think it helps the acclimation of the guys they'll be playing with in the future to have them out there, to have them on the court with Jairus Walker and Ben Shepard so they get that first experience. And the other thing, I think it's just changed a lot. Maybe four or five years ago, you would have never had those guys there. Now you think about the amount of time they still play in the summer. You'd rather them play in that environment, I think, Mm -hmm. in summer league than than go to some of these pro-ams. Um, uh, the Drew League. I mean, I don't know if some of those guys maybe still do that, but uh, they're going to be playing anyways uh, in a regulated environment, and then it's good for their uh, branding as well. I know Benedict Matherin had a nice meet and greet with fans, and really the whole Las Vegas Summer League, it's turned into an NBA convention. So if you've got a chance to go out there and and show what you can do and put up 20 or 30 against uh, some other Summer League guys, it can only help you, and I do think it's better for the entire staff 
the rest of the team. And so I see nothing but positives. But that being said, we'll see after tonight if Nemhard and, and Matherin uh, are going to play any more games. JJ, you knew going into this offseason, and we've all known the Pacers ideally would like to take a leap forward next year to the play-in, perhaps even a secured playoff spot. When you looked at where the needs were for this team, both going into the draft and with free agency now, at least major deals in the rear view, how did you feel they attacked both those aspects of the offseason, and where do you feel that foundation is now those moves have been made? I think going back to last December or January, when I come on one of the, one of the shows – on this network, the question would be, what do the Pacers still need to do? What do they need to add? And, and even if that question was posed to Kevin Pritchard or Chad Buchanan, they've been pretty honest in saying they need help on the wing and on the, in the front court, and they need to improve defensively. And while maybe they didn't get the, the, the highest profile of free agent or maybe their trades that they made weren't the ones that are on the top page of ESPN.com, I don't think you can argue with the fact that they – improved defensively they got better on the wing and they're going to be rebounding better they're they're a more well-rounded team right now and they still have the flexibility and opportunity if a big trade does happen whether it's a surprise trade in july or august or maybe prior to the trade deadline or maybe you're waiting until next offseason you still have all the assets that you had going into this offseason you have a lot of flexibility still and you're going to be better you're going to be a team that is more appealing i think to another star player after you see what they're able to do and the steps they're able to take forward this upcoming season. So I think Obi Toppin is the kind of player that can really blossom with Tyrese Halliburton. I think Bruce Brown Jr. is the kind of guy that can fit with any team, but all of a sudden he's the kind of guy when the going gets tough, he can be another voice in the locker room. He's respected. He's durable. It's important as well. And so and you can fit him into a number of different positions. You'll see what happens and you're still, I think, looking for your best, you know, maybe seven guys. You're still adding to that a little bit if you're thinking this is a team that in two or three years can be, you know, competing to try to be a home court advantage team and a, a you know, contender for an Eastern Conference Finals or an NBA Finals. You're not there yet, but I do think you took some steps forward and you still have the opportunity to make some significant steps when the opportunity comes. Jeremiah Johnson with us, Pacer Sidelines at Valley Sports. So, Ellie De La Cruz, I'm going to take you to baseball for a second. I'll weave it back to the NBA. So, Ellie De La Cruz, he stole second and then stole third and then stole home. <laughs> all, all in the same uh, plate appearance, basically. And um, the the commentator for Valley Sports Ohio, as he was stealing home, said, the most thrilling man in the entire sport. And, and it got me thinking, if you relate that to the NBA, who off the top of your head, not necessarily the best player, or, or the you know most successful, the most thrilling. Who do you think the most thrilling player in the NBA would be right now? Wow, that's a great question. I think you got to go to the younger generation, right? Because the older guys, we've kind of seen what they can do. If you see Giannis going coast to coast and, and throwing one down, I mean, that's maybe a comparison to Ellie De La Cruz. But, but if you want to go to some of the younger players, that's where you, you see things that you – you hadn't seen before and so um it's putting me on the spot a little bit but i mean let's just go with Lemon yama right now i mean mm. some of the things he does things that you see on twitter and then you say i'm not sure i've seen that before and that would be the comparison maybe with ellie de la cruz but i want to when you brought up the ellie de la cruz play it got me thinking actually on saturday to a pacer and it's not a direct answer to your question but it it he caught the pitcher napping right Mm-hmm. Like he just kind of forgot about that. He was over there. And the Pacers do have one guy that catches players napping on, on a regular basis. And that's TJ McConnell. <laughs> he steals that pass out of after a made basket, 92 feet from, you know, and I'm sure it's on the scouting report and they go, Oh, he did it again. I'm wondering if in baseball, it's going to be on the scouting report. Every time he's on third base, you got to look at him before you're walking back to the rubber. But occasionally someone might forget and Elliot David Cruz is going to steal home. So my comparison to the Elliot David Cruz play would be the T.J. McConnell. He catches him napping. He does something they're not expecting. Um, but I don't know that I would call him in the same thrilling category as Elliot David Cruz. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that McConnell answer is so great. I mean, j- j- just a thief of, of equal presence for sure. It often doesn't get the type of love that he deserves from that national perspective. Another player I would have gone with just in terms of electricity and just, oh, how did he do that, is the maestro capabilities of Tyrese Halliburton. And you're very familiar with that. Obviously, J.J., your time with the team throughout the course of the regular season. But as you look at since you've been a part of Bally and since you've covered and followed the Pacers, a very instrumental part of building any core is long-term buy-in from your superstar players. They get that with that rookie designation signed by Tyrese Halliburton. How big is that both for the franchise and, and just this new era of Pacers basketball they're hoping to be a part of? I think it's good. And the best part was that it didn't come to a shock to anyone that it happened yeah. and that um, some of his reactions uh, that he even posted on social media before the press conference and then the emotion that he had at the press conference it didn't surprise us, but it also, I think, uh, you know, backed up everything that you had seen in a year and a half since the trade. It was a tough trade for Tyrese Halliburton to go from Sacramento, a place that he thought he was laying a foundation, to Indiana. But he quickly turned the page, and he quickly understood the opportunity that he had. And now when you bring up the Indiana Pacers, I mean, you've seen on the broadcast this past weekend, he's the guy people want to interview. And I don't think there's anyone else you would want to have answering those questions, to, to talking to other players around the league. I mean, he's going to be going and playing on Team USA here in the next month or two. And to have that representation, uh, you can't put a price on that. And so uh, the Pacers are in a really good spot. Just being able to travel with the team last season again after a couple of seasons not being with them, on the buses to shoot around after games, the vibe and the personality that he added to the team just makes everything better. Uh, he's a guy that wants to win. So after losses, it's not going to be as good of a vibe. But he's able to kind of quickly get everybody refocused. And uh, I could really tell the camaraderie on the team that they had last season that Tyrese Halliburton was such a big part of it. And then uh, I think he's some of the reason guys like Bruce Brown Jr. Now he got a lot of money, so that, that helps as well. <laughs> um, but, but he and Obi Toppin, I mean, some of the reasons they're so excited to be here is because of Tyrese Halliburton. And now you know. With that contract, Halliburton's going to be here for a long time. Jeremiah, before you go, you're a positive guy. I mean, this is a compliment. You're positive about the uh, in-season tournament when Jimmy and I are talking smack about it. We're grumpy old men. What makes you grumpy? Could be anything. What's something that gets under your skin? There are a few things. Um, When the camera's on, I'm always positive. You're right. And now I'm, I'm on because I'm on the radio, but... Uh, you know what? You got a few hours left in your show. Let me let me think about that. I'm gonna text Jimmy a couple of things. Because, okay. You know the sun's shining in Zionsville right now, and uh-huh. all I had on my agenda was to talk to you today, and then watch the Pacers on TV tonight outside of a few errands running around town. So I don't have a lot of complaints, but uh, a few will come to mind. So that's let perfect. Me get back with you, I'll, I'll send those to you, and you guys can debate those in the two o'clock hours. Okay, yeah, that sounds great, Jeremiah, but hey, you crushed it today. I love it. Nothing top of mind. Like, I, I'm feeling great. Like, no, why that, are you bringing me down? That's a, no, pro, that's a pro move. Time to, uh, at Shelbyville on Saturday at the Indiana Derby, but my horse, Hay Strike, in the Indiana Derby got out of the gate slow, and that really frustrated me. Yeah. So that, that's, that's, that's there right now, but you'll have that. Okay, and if there are more, please text Jimmy because we'd, we'd like to throw that out there. But, hey, you crushed it, Jeremiah. Really good to visit with you today, bud. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Okay, so I'm curious what you have on your list here. We were talking about Ellie De La Cruz, who is a thrilling player with the Cincinnati Reds, who have won 50 games at the break, which hardly anybody saw coming, me included. 
I would assume you as well, Jimmy, right? You yeah, in, no. Uh, yeah, well, it was yeah. not, not a front runner on that. Even if I wanted insights on that when I went to Great American in May, uh, the, the talk was not positive and rainbows and butterflies amongst Cincinnati Reds fans. It was, oh, we'll probably just get a sell off whoever we end up calling up soon anyway. So, I mean, yeah, no, couldn't have had any insights possible on that, Brian. No shot. Yep. But anyway, Ellie De La Cruz is a thrilling player. He's been sensational, hitting well over 300, power numbers, speed, like excitability. He's been sensational. He stole second, third, and home on Saturday. And the commentator for Bally Sports Ohio said, the most thrilling man in the entire sport. And so it got us thinking about baseball. I would go Team Shohei. You're on De La Cruz. What if we look at the NFL? Of all the players, not a, not necessarily the best, although that could be in the thrilling department. It does. It's not a prerequisite. Who would you say is the most thrilling? Where I'm thinking of it, if you go to a game, especially in person, you're just going, wow, this, <laughs> I can't believe he just did that. Who would be at the top of your list? Yeah, I guess this is one of the rare instances where the best player in the league is also the most electric player yeah. because it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think that Lamar Jackson is a thrilling player. And that's what's interesting about this conversation to me is that there's no doubt Lamar is thrilling. Now, when you separate thrilling from production, like that's where yeah. there's a, a huge difference between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You just look at the last couple of seasons alone. Like, Lamar, he's throwing like 33 touchdowns, 20 picks, mm-hmm. some, combined the last two seasons, somewhere around there. Uh, Mahomes, uh, he wouldn't be caught dead with those numbers, no. like, no. With, with body parts falling off. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a, a much better quarterback. He's the best in the game right now. But you're right. When you look at Mahomes, the playmaking ability, the weird arm angles, the pirouette. He's throwing like Kareem sky hooks to running backs for touchdowns. It's insane. He is. He's the most thrilling guy, and he happens to be the best. If I'm going outside the quarterback realm, because that's so often where conversations could start and end in the NFL, I, I will give credit, and a lot of it has to do with Joe Burrow, but... Like Jamar Chase is one of my favorite wide receivers to watch yeah. in the National Football League. His ability to high point the ball, to get separation, to just out muscle corner. Like I, I love Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson probably belongs in that conversation mm-hmm. as well. I mean, there's a lot. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. There, there are exceptional wide receivers. Where if I'm looking at man, like that's can't like the reason that the Dolphins. And you know, I've talked about this before, are on my must-see weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, no disrespect to your quarterback. It's not because of Tua. It's because of the <laughs> weapons that are around him. Like, I, I love the idea on a weekly basis of seeing what Jalen Waddle or Tyreek Hill are going to do out there. No, I hear you. Tyreek Hill, especially, because that dude, it's the speed mixed with the quickness. Because he has great straight-line speed. But the cuts he makes also, that guy has wow speed. Mm-hmm. And you see it on the football field. You're just like, wow, that dude. It's the reason why they call him the cheetah and not the pickup truck. Right, you know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> How about defensively? Who would be on your most thrilling defensive player list where you start thinking about some of these playmakers like, oh, I don't know, Sauce Gardner or Micah Parsons rushing the quarterback Nick Bosa rushing the QB who would you be who would you have on your most thrilling defender list so active right now if we're just going off last season like ordinarily beer and Donald because he's much he's much seen yeah. TV his ability to just toss around offensive linemen like they're just pillows is phenomenal you know a setback year for him last year the Rams were a mess to begin with yeah I mean I sauce is must see for me I, I've always liked Jalen Ramsey I mean what, what he's gonna look like getting another Miami player there I feel I feel biased with all this though, man, because I let off with Mahomes, and mm-hmm. yeah, now of course my second answer when you ask me the defensive side of the ball because I watch him every week is Chris Jones. I mean, it, it, mm. this is a contract year for him. He is on that level, maybe not like at the same step, but he's a couple steps behind Aaron Donald in terms of defensive trench players that can totally flip a game upside down. That, that, that's what Colts fans, not to that level, but again, a couple steps below that, they see it at a DeForest Buckner. So I, I would probably go yeah. Jalen Ramsey, uh, just uh, to get the Chiefs bias off the table, but I mean, even an unbiased person would look at Chris Jones and say, yeah, that's a game record. That's someone I can label as a piece that can really turn things 
on its head when you need him to. Man, you're really talking when you are a thrilling defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Chris Jones or DeForest Buckner. You go back to like the John Randall old school yeah. Minnesota Vikings days or Warren Sapp. When you're Aaron Donald, when you're wrecking the game and doing it in thrilling fashion as a D tackle, man, that is something special. I also think what's exciting, Jimmy, is Anthony Richardson has true potential to be one of the more thrilling players. I don't know how consistent the guy is going to be, but just in terms of highlight real stuff, from time to time you're going to get some glimpses of this dude doing things that hardly anybody else on the planet can do. I think there's real potential for that to be the case. With And there's a clear separator, right? You mentioned Lamar Jackson. You look at Joe Burrow, you look at Josh Allen, you look at Patrick Mahomes, just three quarterbacks off the top that are viewed by many as some of the best, if not the best, in the National Football League. They take mind-boggling risks at times where you're like, why on earth did they? And then it works, and you're like, oh my goodness, I've never seen this before. With Lamar, too often over the last couple of seasons, he came into the league with that same, like, oh my God, jaw-dropping ability. Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen this before. But if it's offset by, like you mentioned, 22 yep. interceptions, yep. then it's no longer, oh man, he's he's gutsy enough to do that. It's, why is he doing that? Why is he taking those risks? It's not helping the team. That's the middle ground where you'd ideally like to see, let's say, Richardson's Week 7 starter, right? By the time you get to Week 13 or Week 14, if those flashes are there, you don't want them to be marred with, you know, negative stat lines like fumbles or 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 poor pass percentage or interceptions not that aren't allowed to be done by rookies but that are to a level where it's like okay we really need to revisit the chances you're taking that's not the label you want as a risk taker you want it to be a positive not a negative on your resume totally hear you and what's interesting is that if you are a highlight reel man it earns you the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. many times when it shouldn't when it should yes. like, Lamar Jackson is a great example where Highlight real plays, special talent, the athletic ability, escapability, sometimes passing ability, just not consistently. But over the last two years, 33 touchdown passes, 20 interceptions. And it was built up before he got his contract extension as if it was some really funny business. What's going on with Lamar not getting a fully guaranteed contract? It's like, what? Have we stepped into the twilight zone? What are we talking about here? But when you can make highlight real plays, often it will earn you the benefit of the doubt many times when you don't deserve it. And uh, I think it's Lamar's case in point with that. And I'm curious how it differs between fans of the team and like non-fans of the team. Because let's just say Anthony Richardson, to your point, Jimmy, he's producing some of these highlight reel plays, but in Lamar fashion, the consistency is lacking. As a Colts fan, how are they looking at it and how does it differ possibly from a national perspective? Because there can be a difference there sometimes. Well, a lot of it, is marinated in where the content is being consumed from, right? Like your highlight reel in today's generation, if they're not watching SportsCenter, at least for me, and I reference this pretty frequently, it's my social media consumption. So for instance, what am I getting on Twitter? Am I getting SportsCenter's like cut up, you you know, uh, curated set of highlights from the past weekend that again are just all flashes of greatness from this player? Or am I seeing a real not even a full game, but just like this was what the whole drive was, not just that one play encapsulated in. Players can throw up top 10 plays all the time in any sport, but it's a matter of, and especially at that quarterback position, is your overall body of work more than just the highlight plays and utter dominance of the game? And you've seen that now, you've seen it over time, but of this generation of quarterbacks, you've seen it from Patrick Mahomes. You've seen it from Joe Burrow. You've seen it from Josh Allen. You've seen it over the course of Aaron Rodgers' career, regardless of what he's going to be in New York. You know they're capable of it. For these younger players like Trevor Lawrence, like whatever Anthony Richardson winds up being, Jalen Hurts is probably closer to Josh Allen and Mahomes than he is the Trevor Lawrence conversation, but you get what I mean. Once you've done it once, you need consistency over Mm -hmm. an entirety of multiple years, and that gets lost over a weekend highlight package that just shows you some great throws that were made. What was the final score? They lost by 20. Okay, well, maybe (laughs) maybe we shouldn't be 
praising set. Like if Justin Fields has a highlight play where he runs for a 65 yard touchdown, but yeah. the Bears lost 21 to 10, yep. I'm going to need to see more of his on field production and some more than just that highlights to know if he's a good quarterback. You know, it's true. Is there are a lot of people that are watching fewer and fewer and fewer games. Mm-hmm. And they are literally just going by the highlights. I love those highlight packages on SportsCenter where it's just all of one team. They do this in basketball all the time where it's like, it's three-pointer was made. Oh, look at this dunk. They lost by 10. (laughs) That's like, what? What? Somewhere in there, the other team was making some shots. I'm pretty sure. But Wembenyama with the slam, but the Nuggets win it 104 to 75. What? I'm sorry. What are we doing here? Yeah, you'll get that. How about if we look at the NBA? Not necessarily the best. The most thrilling. Who would you say the most thrilling NBA player is right now? It's still Steph for me. It is for me too. I we, we line up on that one. We line up with Mahomes and Steph Curry. We're against each other on Shohei and Ellie <laughs> De La Cruz. But I, you think about what makes Steph so special in my mind, Jimmy, is most of the guys on my list of most thrilling in the NBA have just some sensational athletic ability. And that's not Steph. Steph has outstanding skill. He's got great handles. He's an exceptional. He's the greatest shooter of all time. We all know that. But the shot-making ability and just that wow factor right there without the raw athleticism, I think that's unbelievable that you could make that argument about Steph being the most thrilling. That's who I think it is. Because if I'm watching him in person and the shots he's making – it's just different than anybody else. You need, just like the NFL, if it's a highlight reel maker that's doing things you've never seen before, you need it to lead to success. Joe Burrow has been to a Super Bowl. Josh Allen has yet to get the bills over that hump, but he's capable of doing it. Mahomes has two Lombardi trophies to show for it. With Steph Curry... It's that same thing, right? If you're a player that just has flashy plays in the basketball court, you get lost, you get forgotten. But it's regardless of the level of competition, he's able to get separation and find windows of opportunity that other players aren't capable of, let alone players of his size. And that that's just a, a jumping off point. There's other things of his game, his vision, his ability to yeah. kind of finesse his way for those driving layups. Like he does it in every different way from a scoring perspective. And in the same way that, And Steph is one of one, right? There's not really a true player that does things exactly the way he does. But in the same way that the running back is getting phased out of the NFL, not from a compensation standpoint, but just from 10 or 15 years ago, might have been LaDainian Tomlinson, might have been Mm. Priest Holmes, might have been Sean Alexander of a name that you would come up with of my favorite most electric player in the NFL. That shift has happened in the NBA where it's no longer just highlight dunks that make my jaw dropped to the floor. I want stuff I've never seen before. And the type of separation in his complete game that Steph's able to get with 35, 40 footers and beyond, yeah, it's breathtaking. Yeah, it is. And you know what's interesting too is um, if you look at who just won a championship, Nikola Jokic, he does not play a thrilling no. style of basketball. And so, right, what does it really get you? Like Thrilling's great. It could be awesome. It could lead to great success, but it's not a prerequisite. So I think sometimes we put thrilling on a pedestal when it's like Jokic is a great example of a guy who is just steady. He's a playmaker. He's the best passing big man of all time for my money. He's an outstanding offensive player. He's a good rebounder. He does pretty much everything really well or great. Like he's not a bad defender. But all the other stuff offensively, he is off the charts. He just doesn't have this captivating style. He doesn't have this raw athletic ability that makes you say, whoa. He he makes some wild plays here and there, but it just, it looks different. And so wow is great. Thrilling is great but it doesn't automatically lead to great success. Yeah, and again, I know that, because I'm in that same boat with you, right? Like, the main area where I really was captivated by it was when we got down to the high-stakes medal rounds, the conference finals and, and the NBA finals, which at the end of the day is all Nikola Jokic maybe cares about, but all the Denver Nuggets as a franchise really care about is are we lifting a trophy or are we not? From an NBA fan's perspective, We're talking about what on a nightly basis electrifies you the most. And regrettably, 
He is not the first player I'm going to to go see and tune into. Now, that said, everything you outlined from his passing ability to a shot that it looks like, oh, why is he jacking that? Oh, it's nothing but nylon. Oh, he got that to go. Wow. How did he he get enough separation to get that shot off? Like He has all of those tools there. It just, for whatever reason, is not as sexy and clean as your Steph Curry's of the world. Yeah, just not as flashy. But, man, if you're looking for flash... The NBA's got a lot of it. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at John Morant or Kyrie Irving, who has just a beautiful game, there's a lot to choose from. And and it's also really your cup of tea also because Luka is a little bit like Jokic, where he doesn't have that catch-your-eye, just raw athleticism, but... Luca does some things like the step back ability, some of the passes. He ain't made a pass. I was at the game against the Pacers where he was falling out of bounds and then just threw the ball overhand along the entire baseline, hit a guy, the guy makes a shot. It was one of the best plays I've ever seen. But it just it looks different because there isn't that Derrick Rose like athleticism yeah. when he was winning an MVP with the Bulls. It just looks different. Yeah, and it's it's so well put because there, there's just not an aspect of it where it's constantly grabbing you with Luca, yeah. right? Like there are those moments in those windows where, like late game, he's a player that yeah, he's going to be taking that last shot, and he's able to get good enough separation and have the ability as a ball handler to light it up and have a highlight play or two. But it's over the course of the entire game where you're getting the most bang for your buck, where you're going to see plays from start to finish that you know make you lose your mind about it. And right now, I, I, th- I think it is still Steph. I know we're both in agreement on that, but it's just it's over the course of the entirety of the game. Where, that's the NBA's issue, right? That's why they have the NBA Cup is they want more eyeballs <laughs> on their nightly games. Not everybody can have franchise generational players, but the ones that are lucky enough to have it, and it's what the Pacers kind of hope is there with Tyrese Halliburton as this thing's come together in a different way with his passing skills and scoring ability. Why do I want to tune in? Because of that player. And Steph, yeah, it's at the top of that list for me. All right, coming up next, how thinking outside the box failed miserably. This probably will make you laugh. It made me laugh. We'll share that with you. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Charlie Clifford's going to put me in a good mood. Sports anchor covering the Reds and Bengals at WLWT joins us here on The Fan. Uh, Charlie, what's going on, man? Uh, Is there a game off the top of your head that gives you indigestion the same way this game that Jimmy brought up with me being a Dolphins fan? Well, it wouldn't be that game, Bri, because I grew up a Jet fan. Oh, man. Multiple Clifford (laughs) uncles in section 343 that night at the Meadowlands. My dad made me go to bed, and we woke up the next day, and he said, you are not going to believe what happened after I made you go to bed. So that, in my Jets hierarchy, okay, you have the Mark Sanchez-led team that Uh beat the Colts in what turned out to be Peyton Manning's last game, then went into New England, beat Belichick, went to the AFC Championship game, lost to Big Ben and the Steelers. Uh, you know, that's number one. And then Jumbo Elliott stuff, you know, we're, we're pretty much at number two there. That's how great it is to be a Jets fan. So uh, how are you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Doing good. I didn't know this was going to come full circle. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm but just thinking true, of – Go ahead, feelings like that of, of pain and misery, it would be – the Bartman game in 03. Oh, I yeah. still remember 
where I was sitting in my folks, you know, TV room, the neighbors were all over. Um, and then the, you know, people always forget that was only game six. Then you came back game seven, Kerry Woods on the mound. We're fine. It's going to be all right. Kerry Wood hits a home run early in that game. And then the Marlins just pile it on. And until, you know, just a handful of years ago, that was, you know, the worst night of my life. Man, Charlie, I, I, care. I swear things are going to get better between you and me. This is a horrible way for us to start, but I got to be honest here. So my dad grew up just outside of St. Louis in this town called Alton, Illinois. So he's a Cardinals fan. He passed it oh. down to me. We're diehard Cardinals so fans. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. I remember watching the Bartman game. I was living in L.A. I was watching a little five-inch TV, and I'm like, I'm just sick to my stomach with the Cubs about to go to the World Series. And then... Bartman, Gonzalez. I've called my dad, and we're just like, that was unbelievable. Can you believe it? It's like polar opposites, man. Unreal, Charlie. Yeah, the key word in that sentence there was about to go to the World Series. And, uh, yeah, you know, look, tough summer for you and uh, a nice transition to the great people in Cincinnati here who are, you know, look, the expectation here was – the Reds were going to be in last heading in the all-star break. The cards were going to be the team that, you know, has all this talent that's ready to go right now. I'm just as stunned as everyone is. Mm. I mean, this has been a total flip of the script that I would have guessed back in March. Yeah, it really is crazy because I was looking at this, Charlie, where, like you said, what a difference one year makes last year, the Cardinals, finished 31 games ahead of the Reds. And at the break, the Reds lead the Cardinals by 11 and a half. If you had told me that would be the scenario here, I would have thought you were the biggest moron on the face of the earth. But here we are. (laughs) It's been the storybook summer out here. You know, it, it feels like there's something in the water. We've been joking that Major League Soccer teams in first place, obviously the expectation is the Bengals are going to contend again in the AFC. So it's a, you know, selfishly a nice time to be out here in a city that hasn't enjoyed much success as you look back, you know, really over the past two plus decades. Um, and here you are with, I mean, you guys tell me what your thoughts on Ellie De La Cruz. I mean, the good mm-hmm. news for the organization is they have a ton of young talent. It's not just him. It's not all banked on his shoulders, but from a marketing standpoint, I mean, I saw him pop up the other day in a Mission Impossible ad or whatever. I mean, he will be one of the faces in baseball, you know, essentially overnight, which is, um, you know, that's, it's tough to do. You know, this isn't, this isn't a this isn't a semi pro league here. We have established names and bigger markets, but he's that electrifying, and he he you know someone okay. Are you actually going to buy a ticket to watch this guy play? He absolutely checks that box, and there just aren't that many players like that in pro sports. Charlie, we talked about this earlier. Twenty seven and thirty three when De La Cruz was promoted from the minors on June sixth. They're twenty three and seven since then. Now a two game lead over the NL Central. And the discussion Brian and I were having to start the show is now expectations really shift towards ownership and knowing that okay, this is a team that is a perennial seller at the deadline the last couple of years. Now all of yeah. a sudden they're in buyer territory. How much is that felt within the Cincinnati fan base and how aggressive do you expect them to be over the next couple of weeks as they evaluate what they need to do to, to make a real run here this season at the deadline? Yeah, I wouldn't say they're in territory. I mean, they're in buyer mode. Right. They have the financial flexibility, which that was the big question. You know, Nick Crawl, the general manager here, was told ahead of last season, hey, they won this central in the pandemic-shortened season. It was a nice story, but guess what? We do not have the financial ammo to re-sign some of these guys, to keep some players like Nick Castellanos around. So they went into fire sale mode, and that did not go over well around here. Obviously, last year losing 100 games was the most painful part of that. But now the, the tenor has reversed. Crawl has gone on the record. And he They have the money to make the moves. And I think this team over the past month proved to ownership that they are for real 
I mean, the pitching staff, they went into last week having allowed the third most runs in the National League. I mean, if you look at the pitching stats from the starting staff specifically, this team shouldn't be anywhere near, you know, playoff talk. But they are because this lineup, specifically with the way they run the bases, most steals in all baseball going into the break, they've proven, hey, if you can – you can give us five five plus innings. We can find ways to win games late. The bullpen's been very solid. Alexis Diaz is the only All Star. He's the second year closer who's only blown one all season. So I think there's little question they're going to add at least one arm. I would guess a starting pitcher because Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, two people who are expected to be the one two in this rotation, Lodolo's been out since late May Hunter Green's been out almost a month uh there's little murky you know reports about their futures they're down in Arizona right now August at the earliest for both of them to come back so this whole this lineup's earned at least go out get someone who can be in the middle of that rotation who can weather the storm here a little bit. I would expect that at a minimum here ahead of the deadline for the Reds. He's Charlie Clifford, sports anchor at WLWT, joining us here on The Fan. After De La Cruz stole second, third, and home on Saturday against the Brewers, the Valley Sports Ohio play-by-play guy said, the most thrilling man in the entire sport (laughs) And I thought there's certainly an argument to be made that he is that. I would go with Shohei Otani. He's doing something nobody else is doing. Who would you, in your honest heart of hearts, say is more thrilling between De La Cruz and Shohei? Well, if you're in that sentence, you're you're doing something right. No, I think from a five-tool perspective, it is the most entertaining version because it's the speed. It, It goes back to what this game was built on running the bases, having action in between pitches, not just watching a ball fly 420 feet and, you know, a guy circling the bases 60 times. As fun as Aaron Judge's season was last year, can you really remember moments that stuck out? Or You know, even right now, we're less than a year removed, and that was an incredible achievement that the American League hasn't seen in, what, over half a century, and Judge's an absolutely incredible player, but you're talking about a steal of home. We're talking about the cycle he put up in his third week in the big leagues. He's hit homers as far as judge has. He throws 96 miles an hour across the diamond and plays on third base. Uh, It's no one who can do a little bit of everything we're talking about with the exception of Otani. You know, I think if you're a purist, this guy is Babe Ruth. I mean, he's he's one of the best pitchers. He's one of the best power hitters. This shouldn't work with how the game is played and all the talent. So I don't know if you can say one or the other, but the fact that there there's now a conversation and a debate, it's a beautiful thing for baseball because they need that. Baseball has become such a regionalized sport where if you're in a market, that passion's still there. But the overlapping national, you know, fever pitch about what's going on in Major League Baseball that just it isn't around. And maybe this can be one of, you know, the talents that starts to bring baseball back into the national picture. Because if you're if you're in a baseball town in the summer, it's fun. I mean, I know, you know, with the cards and um Jay Cook, I don't know, you know, you're a Yankee homer and just a fair what. Fairweather fan, so maybe yeah, you know. By the way, that, uh, 62 instances of highlight memories were created <laughs> last year, just to just to clarify uh, that earlier statement. But I mean, no, it, look, it, you're right. It, both styles of play in both aspects of Otani and Ellie De La Cruz make them the electric players that they are. But but to your point, Charlie, yeah, I mean, the fact that he's only been in the major leagues for a little over a month, and that's a conversation in terms of being a captivating player on a nightly basis, that he's up there at the top of the sport already, speaks to the impact that he's already had. You're right, and I just think everybody wins. I mean, unless you're going head-to-head with the Reds, if you like, if you love baseball, it's just a story that I think is easy to get behind. And... um it's a small market team with a tiny payroll with, that has a great history 
that's in the right division at the right time. I don't, I don't know if they're going to have the firepower when it all comes together in the fall. The Braves look so good. The Dodgers, you know, they're un, until they're toppled. You know, I don't, I don't know what that's going to look like, but this thing's certainly heading in the right direction here, which is which is great for Cincy, which was you know the longest standing franchise in baseball. It means a lot to these people here, and it's just cool to see that. It's it's amazing, Charlie, how much things have changed in that city as of late because the Bengals were a doormat for three decades. The The Reds have been brutal for a long time. And now all of a sudden, the Reds are buyers. They're in the mix to win the division. And now for the Bengals, is it truly championship or bust? Have they risen to that territory now? Yeah, it is. It is. And, you, you know, a lot of pain. That to get there, right? I mean, the season, even Burrow's rookie season, uh, two wins the year before. You know, Zach Taylor, when you look at the first few years, he was in charge, credit management for sticking with him because that win-loss record was as bad as it can get as a head coach. So, you know, it's it's not a fluke. They they found the right pieces. They found, you know, they, they hit the right quarterback year when Burrow was available. And then at the skill position spot, they've absolutely nailed it. They've prioritized it and it's paid off. Um, and it's just a great, you know, organization behind the scenes. They have the small scouting department there is, and they've found ways to develop within their own. And then also through free agency to bring in, the right players at the right time. The big question here is left tackle Orlando Brown, you know, is this going to finally solidify Joe Burrow's offensive line for the first time in his career, you know, that, that, and then in the secondary, they lost a couple safeties, which, you know, if you're playing Mahomes and Allen and Lamar at the end of the year, you know, that can be the one or two plays that changes whether you're going to Vegas for the big one in February or you're watching it at home. So certainly, just fun to be around that. And um, look, bringing it back to the Colts. I mean, if Richardson can get some help and that can go well, this thing, this thing can flip pretty quickly once you have that piece of the puzzle. And I know Jim Irsay knows that better than anybody. So I'm, I'm hopeful for everybody back there. So many great people who go to West 56th street every day. You know, I, I, I hope that, um, it can be a momentous summer that can lead to, you know, a surprise season. Cause I know expectations are, are much different than they were the past few years with, with all the quarterbacks that came through that, that tried to make it work after luck. Well, Hey man, Charlie, good stuff. I'm sorry about our dolphins jets rivalry, our Cardinals <laughs> Cubs rivalry. I feel like our budding friendship. Well, there's only room to go up from where exactly. we started. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We start here. We're good. We can talk about anything now. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, bud. Have a good day. We'll catch you later. Sounds good. Jimbo miss you guys. Uh, thanks. You guys got a great producer on the phone here too. I, I think you should keep him around. Nice. I appreciate that. I miss you too, Charlie. Very good. Bye. See you. There he is, Charlie Clifford, WLWT sports anchor, covers the Reds and Bengals. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 